Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to an absolutely stunning night in Paris where you find us sipping beers on the corner of Philippe Chatrier Stadium after a stunning day of tennis. David's here. Hello, David. Hello. Yeah, I'm drunk and I'm not drunk on the beer. I'm drunk on the tennis. (laughs) Matt's here. Hello, Matt. Hello. Women's semi-finals day is becoming a great, great day at a slam. We've had some, we had some great ones recently, and today was up there. Yeah, they tend to deliver, don't they, these days. It's a joy, as is the fact that 1977 mixed doubles French Open champion Mary Carrillo is here. Hello, Mary. I'm drunk on the tennis and partially drunk on my second beer. <laughs> so nice to drink. Got two, two, two beers before. candidates. Yeah, Mary exactly. came to the interview room with a beer in hand <laughs> and I knew she was ready to pod. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, this isn't the first rodeo. It really has been just an absolutely sensational day of tennis and Mary, the fact that you're here and that you are a mixed doubles mm. champion here makes it feel legit for me to lead with the mixed doubles final that we had first up today How great and was that? one of the stories of the tournament Miyu Kato Miyu Kato not quite sure on that I've been saying Kato all week but lots of other people are saying Kato anyway and our new friend Tim Tim Putz whose whose name we have confirmed been butchering all week yes. and that news is courtesy Putz is not a putz that news is courtesy of Matt's mum mm. really yeah. yeah I woke up to a message Matthew <laughs> <laughs> so, you were spoken to. I was. So Miyu Kato, Tim Putz beating Bianca Andreescu, Michael Venus, 4-6, 6-4, Just the ultimate story of redemption, Mary. The it's ultimate incredible. story of redemption. I was a little surprised that she just kept banging on in her acceptance speech. She used the word disqualified. I believe it was 47 times. <laughs> and she wants her money back. She wants her ranking. She want, I thought she went a little overboard there. But I was very happy to uh, to see that she was resilient. Obviously, good old Putz is a good guy, and carried her through. When she thanked her, how about when she thanked her coach uh, for standing by her in, in these difficult days? It really got me, Mary. Did it? Were you getting jammed <laughs> yeah, you, up? You might have found the four, forty-seven times a little too much, but I was I was sailing down on that sea with her. I was I was all in on the emotion of that redemptive arc. You had Tim Putz holding the microphone yes. for her because she had she had pre-written this this speech she had things to say she, she had things to say would she have and said she used them had the she, d word quite a bit <laughs> yeah, 
she did. Um, so yeah, she had this piece of paper. So Tim had to hold the microphone for her. It was, it was a lot. It was lovely, wasn't it? And the fact that she was quite literally carrying that throughout throughout the final, this pre-written speech. Would she have delivered it? Had they lost the final? We'll never know. Yes. I think she would have. <laughs> I think she's still talking about it. <laughs> she said, it's been really challenging mentally for me in the past few days due to the unjust disqualification from the women's doubles. To Roland Garros, it's unfortunate about the disqualification decision. <laughs> but I'm looking for a positive outcome of my appeals so I can receive my points and prize money. Mm. Um, I'm just pleased there is an appeals process yes, for this there kind should of thing. Be. Yeah, there should be. Absolutely. So, congratulations to Cato and put the mixed doubles champion how does it feel champions winning the mixed doubles uh, let me just tell you something mixed doubles at the french open is the single most difficult (laughs) of all of the events yes i i I, I, (laughs) i'm just especially when you have to play with him (laughs) yeah i mean if you can win that if you can win it here you can win anything Uh, anywhere uh, exactly and me has done it without john McEnroe. that's exactly no that was lovely that was and then our guy our junior sensation, not even Australian, but still a sensation. Darwin. Darwin. <laughs> he came through again. This 15-year-old who's... Uh, he could win the whole junior yeah. title. He's into the semis now. Yeah. He's beaten four players, two or three years older than him. Mm. That's a that's a big deal, right? That is. That is. Because he, he still looks cultish, you know? Mm. He's, he's still kind of gangly and, you know... You know, it, it went out... Like a horse is born, and they 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 try to. It's all legs. It's all legs, and it's yeah, and they're fuzzy. You know, that's kind of what he looks like now. But he's got the goods. You're, you've created a monster here, Mary, because Matt's going to be able to say, you know, when Darwin <laughs> Blanche is going for his 24th Grand Slam title for the all-time record, I Matt's going to be able to say, "I was there." He does have that look about him, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he looks uh, smug already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mary, we interrupt this broadcast mm-hmm. for news of, of Matt's sponsor. Yeah. Have you have you been thinking Matt's a stylish guy? I'd like to look like Matt. Uh, uh, hourly, I always think that. Yes. <laughs> well, this what? edition of the tennis podcast is sponsored by Wilson, providers not only of much of Matt's wardrobe, <laughs> but also of the official ball of Roland Garros. The Wilson Roland Garros tennis ball is designed specifically for the famous clay courts of Roland Garros and for Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Boasting, his game has has improved leaps and bounds. He's recently. been taught about spacing by Pam Shriver. Boasting a core designed for longer rallies, and felt that limits moisture and dirt pickup for peak consistency during grueling points. And I'd say, spoiler alert for what's to come, those balls did it did a darn good job today. It did. The Wilson Roland Garros ball produces performance fit for the zenith of the clay court season. Mm. In addition to equipment provided for the tournament, Wilson and the FFT have a range of co-branded premium Wilson Roland Garros products that combine elegance and high performance, including tennis balls, rackets, string, tennis bags and accessories. You have just what that is. That's the royal you. But Mary, you are welcome to enter. Have just one more day to enter a free prize draw to win one of two amazing Wilson prize packages on offer for tennis podcast listeners. The prize includes one Roland Garros bag for nine rackets. That's a lot of rackets. I mean, 
Irina Sabalenka presumably has a bag for nine rackets mm. and still she needed external rackets handed to her <laughs> on the court today for, for reasons unknown. One Roland Garros edition racket, either a Blade 98 or a Clash 100. One pack of Luxilon Roland Garros string. Two cans of Roland Garros clay court balls. So to be in with the chance of winning this amazing pack of Wilson gear, click the link in our show notes or tomorrow's newsletter and enter before 5pm UK time on Friday the 9th of June. I'm sure there'll be nothing else going on uh, at 5pm UK time tomorrow. Nothing at all. Wait, does Matt really have a Wilson scam? Or does he just I mean, wear it for... Mary, I don't know if you've just been listening, but we all have a Wilson scam. <laughs> we all have a Wilson it's, wow. it's just that Matt cheers. carries it off better than the rest of our, our beers. Yeah. There we go. But Matt Wow. Matt particularly embraces mm. being okay. being kitted out in uh, Wilson yeah, gear, yeah. and we all love it. It's all he wears. We will announce the winners of that prize draw after the men's singles final on Sunday. Right. And it is going to be awkward if it's my dad. <laughs> but Especially when we tell him he's disqualified because of <laughs> relationships. It's, it's across that bridge he when can, we come to it situation. Wait, may I he ask can prepare a speech, Cato style. <laughs> Before we talk about today's magnificent tennis, you had put up one of your cockamamie pole things yep. oh, um, about can you acquire fangs or must you be yeah. what, how, how have the dramatic results been coming through I would say let's just rewind and, and clarify that it was you that put me up to it Well, um, yeah. which I did and we used to be friends Mary yeah. sorry about this I, I mean I, I think the, the, the majority I think last time I looked and yeah. I, I do look daily um, 75% of people thought you can acquire fangs you don't need to be born with them in order to to beat people when just your tennis strokes and your phys, physical fitness isn't doing the job for you and you need to get your fangs and sink them in and okay. you know yeah that, that was the that was the view of the um, of of seventy five percent of people. What what do you think? I, I guess fangs can drop. I don't know. I've, this is we've had this discussion on and off for years now, haven't we? But but teeth that drop are always there, right? They're always That's there to exactly begin right. with. It's just yes. when they they're in your jaw. Ma- well, so so yeah. where does Taylor Fritz? He, he's our test case because we were so impressed with the way he shushed the crowd yes. and won. Yes. Admittedly, then lost the next match, but still. <laughs> what should that ruin the storyline? What, what's your view? <laughs> I think him? no. I think he's got fangs. I do. Okay. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt this Thursday. Well, well I, no. I, I think we will be revisiting this. I think mm. it's a a worthy, much as the poll can bog off. It is a worthy <laughs> discussion point for today. Re Carolina Mukova, exactly. who we're going to be talking about in great detail because she is a Roland Garros finalist. After three hours, 13 minutes of battle, she defeated Arena Sabalenka 7 6, 6 7, 7 5, coming back from match point down from 5 2 down in the third, winning 20 of the last 24 points to beat the reigning Australian Open 20, champion. 24. Mm. And every single moment of that match was a true and utter joy. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, let anyone tell me different. I, I, it's got to be one of the matches of the year. And all the way through the first two sets, I commentated on one of them. Just occurred to me that they're playing well at the same time here, all the time. And it was uplifting. It was just, well, I felt great watching it. I felt. Mm-hmm great to be at a tennis tournament and seeing them take the stage and just plant their flags and go for it you know it was it was extraordinary tennis from start to finish because I don't feel like 
Okay, in the third set, I'm curious to know what you all think, whether Sabalenka threw it away, whether she choked it away, or whether whether it was taken from her, because I didn't see that part of the match very closely. Um, But first two sets, Sabalenka did what she does, Mm. and it's a measure of how good Mukova must be to withstand that and turn it back on her. Yeah, I mean, Sabalenka plays about the biggest big babe tennis you can possibly play. And for two sets, there wasn't much between them. Uh, but then I think she definitely went, she went away big time in the, in the third. She let that one go. I mean, I, yes, Mukova won it, but I also think, I also think Sabalenka lost it, right? There was a fantastic line, actually, from Mukova in the press conference when she was asked exactly that question, very sensitively. I can't actually quite remember who asked the question, but that was the question. Did, did you win it or did, did your opponent lose it? And she said, she said, Arena handed me an opportunity, but I was waiting for that opportunity. There you go. 5-2. Five, you know, five, her senses were there. Mm. At match some point. point in this game, she gets tight. You know, I'm not talking about the match point because that came on, on Mukova's serve. I'm talking about Arena Sabalenka serving for the match at 5-3. Yeah. She knew at some point in this game there's going to be a moment there's going to be a moment and I have to be ready to seize it and yep Sabalenka handed her that moment she played a terrible game mm. but Mukova was ready for it we love Muki we love Muki what do you love about her? I love Muki because she, she's so calm she's so stylish I'll, I'll tell you a story um, during the COVID US Open a couple of years ago I was I had all my notes and it was a, we were far from being on the air but I, and I was up in the wax seats <laughs> where, where on the your, world feed happens, right? I mean, on honestly. Your, on your own. It's not, I was just sitting there like, the like an idiot, you know, eight hours before match time. And you know what? Arthur Ashe Stadium is huge, right? Yeah. So the world feed, we're way up in the sky, in the clouds. I mean, honestly, just about 15 feet above us are the snipers that have been at the top, at the lip of Ash Stadium since 9-11. So I'm watching, and you know how sometimes you just you're just watching form. You're just watching someone hit, you know. And but I'm looking at this player, and she's making this game look this hard game look so easy, and so smooth and so stylish. And I couldn't tell who it was because you know <laughs> I was in outer space. So again, it was COVID. There was no one in the stands. There's no one watching this practice. So I made my way down, and she's just playing this glorious game and and i thought oh my god it's mookie i mean mukova we've seen her so little obviously we've we talk often about how injured she's been and how and i just was it was mesmeric watching her from up close and it's just such a joy to see that she's fit enough and she's she's so calm right she doesn't. She doesn't give much away. She had one bad bounce in the match, and she looked a little cranky, and that was it. You know, in the meantime, Sabalenka was you know barking and you know screaming and, and getting aggravated and switching rackets. And I just think her game is. It's a little bit. Um, and I'm not terribly religious, um, but I, it's how I feel about when I watch Carlos Alcaraz play. I think those type players, I think when they play, it pleases God. Just the way they, they, they approach it, the way, how much it means to them, how, how much they figure out how to, to hit a tennis ball. That's interesting because 
I'm not terribly religious at all, but I was trying to, I was thinking, oh my goodness, while I was watching this match, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to try and sum this up on a podcast later. I am, I'm not worthy of, of doing that. So I was trying to think of words. Mm. I was trying to think, plunder your vocabulary here, Catherine. <laughs> what words can you think mm. of to do this justice? And ethereal was the word yes, I came up with for, for Carolina Mukovic. There, there is such... It's like she's floating around the it, tennis court. That's exactly right. And there is... I, I said to you when we were just, you know, in, in our moment of Mukova Appreciation Society on WhatsApp earlier, there is power there. Mm. You know, she's she's not a Kazakhina. It's not all about the wizardry. There is There is some power, but there's also this incredible softness. And that combination just... Oh, figure, I, f- I feel it in my soul. Figure skatery, maybe? Absolutely. David. David. I, did, I did used to love figure skating. I used to love watching that it at the Olympics. It is a bit figure skatery. Yeah, and I just, that's yeah. what I think of with her. She does seem to right. sort of... You, you know, you know those figures... Seeing as you've led us down this path, David, I'm going to... Just just talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Mary and I are going to talk about figure skating. <laughs> I love You know figs. those skaters, and I was not one of these, that they land the jumps as if they're just landing on a mattress. You know, they're, they're rotating four times in the air in the space of 0.2 seconds and the landing looks like absolutely nothing like there's no stress on the joints it's just That's exactly right. floating down on a cloud that is how Mukova looks that's when she's dancing around a tennis court yeah that's my Mookie so wh- why did Sabalenka capitulate implode well she's done it before in major semi-finals and I was thinking maybe she's grown out of that. Maybe the Australian Open has changed her as a player and we've seen it we've seen it all year. Sabalenka has been great in big moments, but I don't know, I think as was it Federer said on court once, those demons are always lurking and how much can you really change as a player? And I think she's changed a lot. And that's led her to winning her first Grand Slam title. But it is still in her to produce a sort of whirlwind of unforced errors. And that is, that is exactly what this was. I mean, it, it was quite alarming how, how dramatically she lost her game. I was, you know, we often talk about how it's actually sometimes quite pleasing to see when a player is gutted in a post-match press conference. And I thought... How gutted is Sabalenka going to be after this major semi-final loss compared to her other ones? Now that she's at least got that first Grand Slam title, is that going to make up for things? And I just was quite encouraged by the fact that no, she was still gutted by this. She's she's hungry for more than just mm. one, and yeah. I think she she knows she let that slip today. As good as as good as Mukova was, and I was I was struck by the time Mukova had on the ball compared to. You know, we watched we watched Sabalenka rush Sloane Stevens the other day, but Mukova, with her hands, her game, she had time against Sabalenka. But Sabalenka had got that match in a position where she could win it. She had separated herself, she had lifted, and she imploded. She really, really did in those in those last games. Uh, Mukova was there. She she capitalised, but Sabalenka let that slip at the end. It was. And yeah, I think alarming. if you are a power merchant and things start going wrong, you tighten up. Mm. Plan B is hard to find. Right. Because you, you want to hit your way out of trouble, don't mm. you? And, and she's been so good at 
bringing it back this year, but not really by doing anything differently, just by bringing herself together. And today, she just couldn't. It was so sudden and so fast, that plot twist at the end. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was ready for Sabalenka in that final, and suddenly mm. she was walking off the court the loser. Matt's being very generous there with it. It's actually me that that wants to see players be absolutely gutted <laughs> after losses. I always go into press conferences just to look in the whites of their eyes and <laughs> see how distraught they are mm. because you want them to rend their garments. I yeah, exactly. And I, you know, part of that part of that is <laughs> that press conference room I shared with you back before COVID and all of all of that shamozzle. Uh, with Simona Halep in 2019 when you asked her do you think you're too happy Mm. and that was obviously before a tournament that wasn't after a loss but I do think there is you Mm. know the general concept of too much contentment too much everything's okay whether I whether I win or not yes um, she had won the French, I think, and now she, we, were, we were talking pre-Wimbledon. Yes, exactly. And she was too damn happy. Yeah, you, you don't like to see that. Yeah, and I'm now subsequent to <laughs> subsequent to the soft launch of Stefanos Sitsipas and Paolo Badosa's relationship on on Spotify yesterday. I don't know if you're across this, Mary. I, I, yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm now. But I'm now, now that you have. Go I'm ahead. now hearing some some subsequent sort of backdated speculation that maybe Stefano Sitzbass is too happy. Oh, God damn him. Mm. Oh, he fell for that, huh? <laughs> that it wasn't yeah. anything to do with Alcaraz. It was just, ah, you know, too happy launching yeah, his yeah. relationship on yeah. Spotify. Yeah, that's that's love schmuff, <laughs> as my father always says. That's, an, that's thanks, Dad. That's what you're teaching us? We're, um, we're going to talk about Igor Svantec in a moment, but I'm just going to put it out there mm-hmm. because I know the... The casual tennis fan is going, oh, it's not Shontek Sabalenka in the final. This is, this is for the casual, a tougher sell. We know that. We know that Karolina Mukova is, she's our story, isn't she? As, as the diehard mm. hardcore. We're trying to tell you, everybody else, why you should care about Karolina Mukova. Mm. But I get it. It's not, it's not the headline story. But I'm going to put it out there. Go ahead. I think she's at the very least, making this final hugely competitive. I think she has a serious chance yeah. against Fionta. I agree, because I, I think whilst her game might not be exactly the same as Elena Rabakina, I just think of them in the same breath. Came across, came along at the same time. I think they have similar potential. It's just that one of them's been injured all the time. And I think that Mukova's game can handle anybody's game to be close, to at least be close. It's will she be able to handle the moment, you know, when she gets out there? I kind of think she will because she just seems to have a quite a slow heartbeat out there. She doesn't look like she's getting too wound up. Right. And and I think that she can ease her way into the game. The the thing is with Svantec is she's trying to make it quick and she's trying to rattle through the points like Steffi Graf used to and you you six two two love down before you know it and you've you're not playing best of five sets because this stupid system. So you know, there's not time. But I think Mukova can just slow that down a bit and she can time the ball back and she can turn it round on her and I think she will stay with her. You were aren't you weren't worried about the, you aren't worried about the fact that it looked like she was referring to her right thigh towards the end of that match. Okay, well, I didn't in, know in, that. she was cramping. <laughs> in press afterwards she said that was cra- yeah, cramping mm. and my initial reaction to that was, oh, phew, she's not injured. Ah. But yes, I'm but, always worried about Mukova but of, and her physical You know, there's no specific state. injury. She's not going to show up taped for that final. But 
But then my head went, oh, but she's exhausted. <laughs> so that's not great. But I think overall... Or it could have been nerves. I mean, yeah. Emotions will get you cramping yeah. as well. O- overall, I think it's good that there's not an injury. But it, it, it's obviously not ideal. It's not ideal. We'll show, if she shows up with tape on Saturday, we'll know that... The thing about Sabalenka, and I, I, we talked about this a little bit, Matt. I mean, I... There have been quite a few players who have won one major in a row, you know, Mm. right? Um, And Sabalenka, she had all these looks to finish this thing off, and she didn't. And I still like that she's playing the kind of tennis she's been playing this year. But when you get into that, what did 20 of the last 24 points she lost? The first rule of holes is when you're in one, stop digging. Right? And maybe she, again, she's still, there's not a lot of nuance to this woman's game. So she doesn't have the options of like carving it back and sliding it around and legging it out. You know, she's not that. She doesn't want to be that player. Um, so that's what, all the more reason why I'm glad that Muka figured out a way to get off that court as winner. I honestly can't imagine Sabalenka developing a plan B. Like, what, what would sort of, you know, reined in Sabalenka look well, like? You know, it, thinking about tie-break Djokovic. What, oh what would the equivalent for the, Sabalenka look like? The only, the only like? thing I can think of is to hit hard but go down the middle and bring the margins in a bit. Okay. You know, she's not going to start developing a slice and a moon ball tactic. I don't see that. No. But she could go more down into lockdown because she's actually technically really strong, it seems to me. She hits the ball really well, not just bashing it. She's, she's in control. I just think she she does get into that mindset of wanting of panic of trying to hit her hit her way out of everything yep. and maybe sometimes you've just got to pull that in. The, the the final question I have and I I don't necessarily expect an answer to this because I don't see how we can give one but <laughs> that's a great lead isn't it? Well, and I'll give an answer right now. Twelve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a chance that that capitulation was due to the stress she has found herself under over the last week? with the press conferences, with the, the whole situation. She denied that, right, in press? Didn't she say yeah, it wasn't that? and I believed her. Mm. I don't think Sabalenka has a very good poker face. I don't think she's very good at just trotting out a party line. If she were, then she probably wouldn't have been in the, the quagmire that that she found herself in with not coming to press. I think we talked about this mm. earlier on in the tournament, didn't she? She's, she's In her early press conferences, she was confronted with these very difficult questions and Medvedev, for example, gets those same questions and he shuts them down elegantly yes. without the journalist feeling like... He has nuance. Well, exactly. Whereas she sort of does a bit of shutting down but then keeps talking... <laughs> And and then somehow she's ended up at a destination that she she did not put in the GPS. Right, you know, and I, she can be disingenuous at times as well. Which yeah, is uh, I I believed her when she said that that yeah. wasn't a factor. She said, and I do think that she, as we discussed that last press conference when she came up back to press, that went well, and I think that felt cathartic for her in terms of turning that page and but she was made to denounce Lukashenko Mm. which is a very dangerous thing for a 25 year old athlete to do 
you know, in, in a country run by a despot. Like, I, I genuinely can't imagine her going back to Belarus anytime soon. Is it fair for her to be put in that position? I don't think so, honestly. Mm. That, look, we, we, and we've talked about this already amongst ourselves. It's a, this whole thing has been so fraught and so stressful. Um, it gets to the point sometimes, and how unprofessional is this of me, but I almost want those players, like, I don't want to have to keep talking about them. Yeah. If they get beaten somewhere along the line, I'm like, oh, good, because I'm I'm the only one in my booth who's going to bring it up, and I don't I don't want to carry that burden all the time of trying to explain geopolitics in between points. <laughs> it's it's stressful, <laughs> right? I think you might be in the wrong sport, Mary. I, I'm, I'm positive I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we feel the same. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, like I write the agenda every day, and I'm like peppy peppy tennis chat mm. oh so just gonna have to lead the show with some politics um no one wants to be doing that but also it's our responsibility yeah i think hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with Legends of the Game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Iga Swiatek, oh. two sets mm. over Beatrice Hadadmaya, one fairly one-sided set. Although it started off competitive, six-two, I don't think quite tells the story of that set. Although maybe it does. It's your classic kind of starts off competitive, 
Igor Shontek put, puts on the afterburners. Set to entirely different story. I know on the last pod we were discussing Shontek, I said I wanted to see her in a, a third set dogfight, and I still mm-hmm. that's still on my Christmas list. <laughs> if Santa's listening, it felt closer. If, if Karolina Mukova is listening, but I feel like I saw something close to that today thanks to Beatrice at Admire well it was a yeah it was a second set dog fight <laughs> and uh, I love seeing Igor Sviontek in that situation you you see it a handful of times a year mm. you might only see it once a year on the clay uh, and yeah the the bagels are great but seeing her dig deep like that and seeing her come up with the brilliant shots that she's capable of but when she really needs them exactly that's what I that's what I really like to see and that's what she did. I mean her dad Meyer will want some shots back. The, the forehand, forehand volley oh, into the net oh five God. three in the tie break and then the forehand. And she volleys set well. Point. She likes right. it up there. Yeah. Oh, she, she they were tight shots, I think. But Sviontek you know, she still made Sviontek come up with the goods and that's more than a, what a lot of players are, are capable of. I I've loved watching her dad Meyer this tournament. She she brings a spirit and a determination to the court that not everyone can match. And for for that set, she was right there with Sviontek. It felt like she was in the middle of turning it into the sort of contest that she wanted. I'm surprised Sviontek got out of that match in straight sets. Mm, and did you see Guga was there? Was yeah. he? Gu- Gustavo Kirten, the three-time champion, was there. Uh, cheering oh, her on I love 26 so years much. to the day after he won his first French Open. Oh, that's amazing. The Gookster was there. Hmm. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about it, and we were also talking about Maria Bueno because that great champion was also from Sao Paulo. I think it was Bud Collins who nicknamed her the, the Sao Paulo Swallow. She had a beautiful <laughs> Mookie-like game. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah. She was right there in her face. She was in Svantec's face. You know? She believed she could win. She was taking her best stuff at, in she that second was, set. She was saying, come on, man. Let's, she let's wasn't sh- giving up the baseline, hitting, like, just big babe forehands yeah. all over. I mean, she was there. She was right there. She was getting better and better, wasn't she? I was yeah. like, what would she bring in a third set? You know, because exactly. that's her thing. Getting but, better as the match goes on, I... I wanted that. But and that's why it was so impressive what Svantec did to Absolutely. get out of that set. Exactly. Because that that was another side to her. That's why I, I'd be curious to know how much that sort of meant to her to, to do that. Scrap and scrabble. I'm, I'm interested in your your thoughts on this, Mary. This isn't a, a fully formed thought at all. It's just things that are floating around in my mind. And I keep I just keep seeing as I watch Igor Svantec similarities be her, between her and... Djokovic you know mm. it feels like winning is a need and a fuel winning is the end in itself rather than winning leading to happiness or joy or you know maybe it will one day when they're retired and got their feet up and looking mm. back on all their achievements but it feels like yeah they're in a, a tunnel aren't they they are ton- so exactly. like hyper focused to do what they're doing. I, you know, I think a lot of people think Alcaraz is the favorite tomorrow. I'm not sure how you people feel about it. Oh, we're there. We're there. You, you believe that? See, I... Well, no, no, I mean, we're, you know, 
we've arrived at we're already hyping that you, you, uh, well, <laughs> and destination. Fair, fair enough but I yes I like your comparison with Svantec and Novak it seems like they are sacrificing so much to be who they are mm. um, but I got it in my head that Novak wants to win the Grand Slam this year wow imagine I'm just and, imagine. and honestly honestly I uh, you know that Olympic year in Tokyo it was I was there it was so damn hot. It was, Catherine, it was about the clammiest <laughs> conditions. Oh, you would have just, I, I uh, you Cl- would cla- not. Have. Clammy doesn't work on me, Mary. <laughs> it was so damn hot. And obviously he wanted to win the Golden Slam, which has only been done by Steffi Graf uh, in 88. But it cost him his U.S. Open, didn't it? It cost him, you know, his final against Medvedev. Um, I, but I genuinely think, okay, so Nadal's not here. This guy's already won it a couple of times. He's the favorite for, for Wimbledon, right? Mm. He's a favorite for the Open, right? Right. And I just think, I, and I know everyone's on the Alcaraz, and I love, that, I love that, that guy myself, but I still think three out of five sets with all of the... Every, I mean, I think it's going, tomorrow's going to be absolutely fascinating. And, I, of course, I love Alcaraz. How can you not? He's... There's nothing booable about that young man, but... <laughs> oh, the French will find something, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> okay, I retract my last statement. <laughs> You're absolutely correct, Catherine. But I genuinely... I mean, what's not to like about whatever that outcome is, right? Yeah. Him getting his 23rd Novak and in, in Rafa yeah. Nadal's, on Rafa Nadal's right. court? If he overtakes Nadal on Nadal's court... Oh... <laughs> Imagine. Okay, we're all right. Okay. <laughs> so then, and, and then he goes into Wimbledon, which he's won, what, seven times now? And, and th- wouldn't that be the most Novak Djokovic move? Like oh, it's his, so Djokovician. Yeah. His thing is <laughs> going into someone else's house exactly. and saying, no, this is, this is my territory. And he's beaten exactly, Federer. Destroying in, all the wedding gifts. Yeah, throwing <laughs> a pottery around. Beating <laughs> Federer in multiple Wimbledon finals. And mm. everyone says Federer is the, gre- the best grass court player. And he's beaten Rafael Nadal here multiple times. No one else has done that. That's it, right. He, Twice he, he's done it. He goes somewhere else and he yeah. sticks his flag down and says, don't forget about me. It would be symbolic if he, if he did it. It's like there's an unwritten rule in tennis that you can't talk about the calendar slam until someone's won two. I know, but I'm, I'm already putting my... <laughs> Especially as Djokovic always wins in Australia. So Correct. And has never got done the calendar slam before, as close as he's come. So it's like... I feel like if he wins this tournament, we'll go from zero to 100 with the, the calendar slam talk again. Right? I'm already there. <laughs> you guys yeah, are in the semis. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting that oh out. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a, n- another US Open with Djokovic? Oh, my God. And the God. only time oh, I've ever seen Djokovic cry on a tennis court and getting a, uh, get a standing ovation is when he lost at US Open final. Remember, on the last couple of and changeovers, that, he was mm. crying into his towel. And that was fueled by the fact that calendar slam feels like you have one shot at this you better in a lifetime it. if he even if he doesn't do it if he just creates another possibility of doing it at the age of 36 yeah ex- no every, everything is perfectly there. normal there's so much there mm. but, uh, but but that wow that feeling of you know not last chance but a small window that's exactly how I feel about this match right like yeah. Carlos Alcaraz may not have rivals in his future who are anywhere near the quality of Novak Djokovic. Like, who knows? We might 
in 10 years' time, we might be talking about Alcaraz of sort of having not many rivals, really. We've got a small window now where this guy who feels like an upgrade from the future is, <laughs> is playing the best of now. And it's like, who wins that? And I feel like we should have seen it already over best of five. And finally, we're getting it. And Djokovic talks about Alcaraz like I want people to talk about Alcaraz. That's right. Respecting him, but also, I'll show you, kind exactly. of thing to it. And so this would, be the, this would be the changing of the guard. This would be the inflection right. point in, in both of their careers. Right. I think so. Mm. Are you going to make me say, what if it's crap again? <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two possibilities that right, I can see. Two, two additional possibilities, because I think... I think Djokovic is going to show up at least for some of the match. Even if he had a slow start, I think he, he shows up and, and the way he manages five-set matches and, he, and he, will, he will start to impose himself. I think there is a chance that, that Alcaraz could come out nervous and erratic and missing because he's done that before. And, and he, he did it against Verev last year and he was two sets down. And we were like, where's the... Where's the Alcarazimataz? You know, where has it gone? Why isn't it here? And then he turned it on for a set, and then he turned it on for another most of a set, and it looked like the fight back was on, and then the match was over. And I think that that is possible. What I think is more likely is that he's going to come out and he's just going to be absolutely on fire from ball one, and he's going to take Djokovic by surprise. Just how good he is now. Really? Because I think he's better than he was a year ago. I think he's awesome. And I think he's going to scare the living daylights out of Djokovic for a set. And are then are I, you saying, is Djokovic better than he was last year? No, I think he's about the same. Mm. I mean, I, think he's, I don't think he's lost anything when he's at his best. When he, That set three against, uh, who did he play? Hatchinov. Well, I mean, he was, that was imperious. It was so, so good. But I don't think you can necessarily play that against this guy's best game. You know, what, you, what one bloke does is affects the other. And I, I think it's going to be competitive, but I think, I think we might see Alcaraz steaming off into the distance before it gets competitive. So wait, you three think Alcaraz wins tomorrow? I do. Wow. You're, you're going there, Matt? You know, I, I always go with the old guys. <laughs> but Matt, Alcaraz is Matt different. Is big three to the co- big fours. Yeah. Big three slash four to yeah. It's to my tennis core. DNA until yeah. he discovered Carlos Alcaraz, Alcaraz and then it though. changed. All right, that's why I'm so excited about it. And, and you, Catherine, where are you landing on this? I watched highlights earlier of their match in Madrid. Mm. Their only one previous match, which uh, I was lucky enough to watch from the best vantage point that I get in the sport actually is the presentation position that Amazon Prime are given at the uh, at the Madrid Open right you in get the corner great of the seats. court there <laughs> yeah that is the you didn't even pay for that's that the, that disgusting. is the best seat I think I've ever got and uh, I got to watch Alcaraz play Nadal and Djokovic back to back from those seats and it was interesting I had misremembered it I had remembered that there was a tie-break that Alcaraz won, but of course, ludicrous, Djokovic won the tie-break. Of course, he wins all the tie-breaks. First set tie-break, and, and came back 
to win. You know, the, the difference that we see is most players, when they lose a, a tie break to Novak Djokovic, when he goes into lock, you, you, you fought tooth and nail right. to be in a set against Novak Djokovic. You've played your best. You've played your absolute best. You're like, it feels like a victory. I've got this into a tie break. And then he just slams the door in your face and makes you feel silly. And it's like, why did I expend all that energy? Why didn't I? Why can it just have been a six-one set? Exactly. What, a, what a waste! <laughs> Usually, it just crushes people right. when they lose the tiebreak to him. And this was a best of three match. Mm. It is different over and best how many of five. Will it be tomorrow? Best of five. Best, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I realised that, but he there was no let up at all when he lost that tiebreak to Djokovic. He came back better after a brilliant set already and so, so Mary if it were best of three mm. tomorrow would you be backing Alcaraz like is it the best of five that I think it's the best of fiveiness of it yeah I do and again I mean age there are so many different there's, that's what's so fascinating about the semi-final like how what is going to count the most mm. you know is I mean, it his exuberance that wins this thing and his fearlessness or is it the fact that he's going to get a little sloppy over five sets and mm. Djokovic wins you know that's that to me is that is fascinating but again I've got in my head that Djokovic he sees in the absence of Roger in the absence of Rafa in the like this is if he's going to like do something extraordinary this mm. year mm. he's already done he's already won his 10th Australian I just got, have it in my head that he's thinking bigger than Oh, I've got to beat this young upstart. It's, in the like, semis. it's like the whole year is a tiebreak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that he's got that level of focus on every strand of it's, it because ima- I, just, I mean, let's just put into perspective if he did do that. Imagine yes. if he won the Grand Slam exactly. this 36. year, age 36, when he's level with Nadal and he just streaked clear and won 25, having won the calendar slam. Mira Andreeva would have to adjust her. She wants to win 25? She said 25. Yeah. Yeah. How many has she won so far? <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I lose count. <laughs> yeah, and just picking up on something David said about you know, sort of theorising about Sabalenka and just how much has been on her mind this tournament and could that have contributed today. What has struck me about Alcaraz is how he has totally, I don't know, floated above any tension in this tournament whatsoever. Like, Or, no, in, the, or in the sport. Or in the sport mm. at all. He, Nothing he seems is, to bot. Like, he is right, to the manner born. Right now, he is just hitting tennis balls and having the time of his life. And how long can that go on for? Like, but that's the thing. That, that's just what Catherine was saying. That's not how Djokovic operates in this world. Yeah, it's not right. how Shiontek operates. Right. And jo- you, know, you saw him. Sorry, David. Well, you just you barely even remarked upon upon it, did it? Because we we see this sort of thing so often with Alcaraz. But he just for some reason wandered into the press room two days. Uh, no, yesterday wasn't it ahead of his match. Mm. Um, and he, he, was just, he was just greeting all he the just, Spanish journalists. He just journalists. waved at the Spanish press. <laughs> he did it with us in Indian Wells. Yeah. I never met he the bloke. He loves being him. Yeah. 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 He loves being There is not Carlos a room Alcaraz. he isn't and, comfortable. And the That's absolute right. contrast to that is Djokovic, who came into this tournament as relaxed and as fit as I've seen him at a Grand Slam in years. And he did his pre-tournament press conference and he was happy and he was relaxed and he was lucid. And then suddenly... 
And I know it's a world event that had happened and one that matters to him, but he created a moment of tension yeah. and stress, mm. which he didn't need to. Okay, it meant an awful lot to him. I understand that. So he, he wanted to do it. But he also, he admitted, I kind of operate mm. at my mm. most successful when there's a bit of angst going on. Yeah. He, and he has said that because when he started the PTPA, you know, the, the player union a couple of years ago, and uh, like, and you, then he doesn't get back. did release a statement about Miyu Kato, uh, Kato but mm. three days <laughs> afterwards. Three days late and <laughs> spelt her devil's partner's name wrong. But he's... <laughs> but in, but in, in, let's not quibble. In, in, um, in type so small, it was practically illegible. <laughs> But, but he yeah, they need a new graphic design. <laughs> but Novak says I complicate my own life. Mm. Like he doesn't he's not that he's a chaos agent cuz he likes control but um and and here's the thing again we're talking about this young kid who's got talent leaking out his sides in Alcaraz but and like so many of us Novak is older than he's ever been. Um <laughs> but I think that's one more reason to think He'll do everything in his power to beat Alcaraz tomorrow and win this thing f- for the third time. I mean, in two years' time, one of them is an old man; the other one's approaching his peak. So mm. now and ever, right, isn't it? Mm. Are we going to do twenty minutes preview of Zverev Rude? <laughs> oh wow! Am I? Re- I didn't come for that. I came for the beer. <laughs> I came for the beer and the babes. Uh, that's it. All right. Who's winning Zverev Rude? I think Zverev, right? I mean, considering that. He he left that court in pain last just a year ago. I don't know. I was very impressed by by the way. I didn't see all of it, frankly, um, last night. But from what I saw of Rude, I'm I was pretty impressed with the way we, he finished off that match. We always it was a very him. physical match. Yeah, we, we we underestimate him, and, and I I underestimate him all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we he was. Called, th- we called him very good, and we said, <laughs> and "Well solid. played." How many solids? So, like, yeah. We said, "Well done." Well, if he were we an Airbnb, <laughs> where would, what? How would what? Kind it would of be s- clean. <laughs> Everything would work. Yeah. Spotless. Right. Spotless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. maintained. Yeah. Pleasant. Yeah. Enough <laughs> sets of cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Who's, All right, the pillows could have been better. <laughs> Who's? I mean, we've only got Mary tonight. Who's going to win Mukova and Sviantek? I got to think Iga. I, I, again, only because Mookie looked a little dinged up at the end of that thing. No. But I have no problem watching. So many, so many women have won their first major here. Mm. Who, mean, who are you thinking? Chrissy, Yvonne. I mean, you go back to, and obviously, I mean, so Halep, they, so many players have had their Grand Slam breakthroughs here. I have no problem watching Mookie win it. But I, I love how earnest Iga is. I love how much it means to her to be, uh, to, be to have given all of herself to this, to this effort, to her life. If it's not here for Mukova... Do you think it'll be somewhere else? Does she, do I think she has a major inner? Yeah. Uh, I would love to think so. I would love to think so. Is it all about the body? Uh, it has been so far, I think. You know, um, she. I, I read a. I read something about her um, in anticip- before this match. Uh, it sounds like she was pretty small, and then she had this big growth spurt at 16, and it screwed up her back, and it screwed up her knees. 
And she, the Czech Federation stopped giving her money because she wasn't playing junior tennis. And she had to scrounge up money from, you know, and she had, I mean, there are all kinds of, her backstory, I think, is really interesting that, you know, uh, she was very hurt by the fact that the Czechs stopped believing her, uh, the Czech Republic, and she had to come back. And again, she's been dinged up. And so she's got, she's come through it. Um, That's a very figure skatery story it's as so, well. It's so, I mean, yeah. exactly right. And we've got Ravel's Bolero playing in the background, well, yeah. which doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, so... Um, you, you can't pick a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> I saw Torvaldine <laughs> live. Ravel's Bolero, he's all over uh, it. My mum is the only sporting event she's ever woken up in the middle of the night for was Ravel's Bolero, oh, Torvaldine, so I woke up with Carmen her. too, Catherine. I do. Mm. That, that's a big... Tommy Nibirana. I skated to that once. <laughs> Anyway, uh, do I think Mukova can win a major? Mm. I would love to say yes to That's that. That's not a yes, though, she, is it? I would. Lo- it's. I just love her so much. Her game's perfect for grass, it's isn't lovely. it? Isn't it's it, isn't it's just so pretty. Somebody with that timing. But that o- pretty doesn't always get you on the podium. Oh, you know? it's, it's going to be fascinating test case, really. I I I want to say, I want to say yes. How have you found the French Open as a whole? I love this joint. I love it. I I uh, I love clay. I love all the problems it poses. I love I love how fit you've got to be in every way. I I I think there's been some. <laughs> it really is funny. <laughs> I told you I could pick that out. I could pick. That I mean, I tell you what, you don't get that in Flushing. <laughs> tell you that much you don't you get do that get, in queens you do get taylor swift though we, so swings and roundabouts <laughs> i don't know i don't know about you i think and uh, i just think it's a magnificent tournament it's beautifully done it's there have been some really good matches i've watched uh some of the juniors as well um i I've, and again the storylines in the doubles in the mixed i mean come on it's not like it's you know you people have plenty to talk about I'm glad you have a podcast. <laughs> Me too. I really do. <laughs> Does the look? We love it too. We do absolutely love it um, for for all sorts of reasons. Um, but the but there are certain there the scheduling. The scheduling has oh, been God. a it's been a weight on us. This I know. Fortnight. It. We felt very, and I think part of that is we've been requesting an interview with Amelie Moresmo. We're still hopeful she, she to get one. To, give you the shame. We, we we remain hopeful but we haven't got one yet she hasn't come in for a press conference apparently she's not doing one this year I think I don't want to speak for Matt and David but I feel a lot of mm. it feels very sort of internalised because we're not able to get her views on it and you know it's it's. but is she a figurehead basically do we think she's really deciding who plays night matches around here how much of a voice have, does she have I'd like to... Well, I mean, not that she would tell us in an interview. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Yeah. It falls on you, right, as the tournament director? Uh, no, I mean, you look at former players who are tournament directors. Don't sign up to it if you can't make decisions. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, just you know, I mean, does Feliciano Lopez, did he decide what happened in that... Tra- James Blake, does he really get to decide Miami or does IMG? I mean, well, you know what I mean? I just feel like then if they're going to take the position and be called a title, they need to be judged by it, even if they don't have the power. Okay. Because they're getting the money. You know, they're getting the, the, the credit, and I respect them, and I like those people, but, you know... I, I, I'm just not sure she's the last word. I'm not even sure she's the first word. I guess my question is, regardless of whose responsibility it is, does it 
Does it weigh you down? Yeah, there's again a lot of stuff has been has been burdensome at this tournament, especially all the stuff with Ukraine and watching these, you know, the the no handshake stuff and all of that. Uh, the night matches. I still don't think it's a great idea to have only one night match. In in a night, as you said, it's we, not a session. Yeah, we, session. we appreciate you not. It is not a it's session. A match. It's a match. The session is like stands for something more than one match, right? It? And, yes. and and I would not pay for a night match if it was uh, a night session if it only meant night match. And yeah. if you if you are a women's match and you play well, you get bollocked for winning too easily, and it be on mm-hmm. over in fifty minutes. That's not on. Yeah, I think that's got to change more than, you know, and then there would be a women's match. Honestly, I, honestly, if all you do is change it from one night match to two night matches, one of them will be a woman. I mean, this is not, I, I mean, you don't have to rub too many brain cells together. <laughs> there to is also a that. doubles tournament going on as well, which they could utilize. And a mixed doubles. Oh, and look at that. They've got legends as well if they need to put that on and fill some time. It's not that it's hard. Just, I don't get it. I don't get it's it. It's not hard, is it? It's not hard. Look, but it's there disappointing. Are, there are mm. three days left. We yeah. will keep pushing. Wait, aren't, there are no more night matches, are there? No, I mean, here this we, is he, here we are pushing. at 10.34 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. drinking uh, beer at Rolling <laughs> We will keep pushing for our interview to get ah, answers. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I mean. We'll keep pushing for answers and debate. Yeah, yeah let me get back to me on that one, okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll let you know. So... Uh, uh, Tomorrow, we start on Philip Chatray with the women's wheelchair doubles semi-finals, with, which is great to see the top seeds, Kamiji and Montagne, against Deroulède and Moch, Emmanuel Moch. Uh, not entirely sure I'm getting that pronunciation right, but fingers crossed, hoping so. Great to see that match on Chatray. Then, as we thought, the first of the men's single semi-finals will be Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic. Thoughts and prayers to everybody with tickets for the second. <laughs> yeah, but they had <laughs> to put that semi. match there because they those did. guys played at night. The, the, you're yeah. right. I mean, mm. Rude played till what time? The other uh, just last night. They, they had did. to give him the second match. Mm. Right. Separate. Separate tickets for the two matches. Don't though. get me going. <laughs> don't, don't, don't let me. We are commence, literally Catherine. here to get you going. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it Go. takes the smallest little shrimp fork to get me going. <laughs> okay, especially well, after two beers. Here's one of those. <laughs> I just don't get it. Why? Why are you money? Doing ah, money. Ah. Should, should we go into the the live PGA merger? Oh, oh please, man. no. We got. I've got thoughts about that too. <laughs> Uh, so that is the second men's single semi-final. Rude against Verev, not before 5.30 local time. Over on uh, Susie, Suzanne Longland Court, we have women's legends. They're doing a whole kind of mix and match thing. Oh, I legends. like that. I like that. Deshi and Golovan against Davenport, Hantikova, Brugera Villander against Borami Clemmel. Where is uh, where's your buddy John McEnroe in all of this? He was only supposed to play twice. So he might be done. He, he played, played with Michael Chang today. today yeah. did. They had didn't, match point. He didn't oh, look very happy about it. it. So. And then he comes up to the booth to call. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. I go, all right, what are we dealing with here? He was actually not as cranky as he could have been. I've told you, wait, can I just quickly tell that story? A couple of years ago, John lost a Legends match. It was with Michael Chang as well. And they play it on Court Susie, and a lot of people come in and watch it. Anyway, but it went right up against our airtime. 
<laughs> and so John was still in his he was still in his whites as like his clothes, his clothes as he came up to the booth and he was not happy <laughs> to say to anyway so he calls his agent and oh. and says uh, and he didn't have a suit he didn't have you know we had to be on air in a couple of minutes and he he still he was still in his tennis clothing and and he's he's talking to his agent and and I mean there's nothing better than a cranky McEnroe talking to his agent right before air and he said yeah I have my suit it's in the locker room it's in the locker room and then you could tell that his agent said well where is your locker and he said yes, it's 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 by the locker with the broken rackets <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough just a few minutes later <laughs> he had a suit on he was, a little, he was a little sweaty, but his suit was on. <laughs> My hand to God, that's a true story. Yeah. Oh, I don't... Just I follow don't, the broken rackets. Just believe that. I second. love sitting next to John McEnroe. Oh, man. And you'll get to do it this weekend? And I'll do it again next th- three more days. You'll three. get to do it for Alcaraz Djokovic? I, yeah, well, we'll come, on, we'll come on when it's already begun, but yes. Who, do, who does he think is going to win? I don't know. I wonder. I don't know. I, I re- haven't asked ooh. him. I'm fascinated. I don't know. I think most people, I think the betting line is Alcaraz, right? He's quite yeah. a strong favorite. A strong betting line, yeah. I was surprised by how strong a favorite he me. seems to be. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's going to be so interesting. One last interruption. Please. Of, uh, of events. Have you ever been to Indian Wells, Mary? I love Indian Wells. Go ahead. Are you going to give your, go mm. ahead, go big on people Indian Wells. People should go to Indian Wells, shouldn't they? It should be the law. But go ahead, read your thing. (laughs) (laughs) The Tennis Podcast throughout Roland Garros is brought to you in association with On Location, 123, the premium hospitality and experience provider. Thank you very much, David. (laughs) On Location is the official tour operator of the BNP Paribas Open at Indian Wells in March and their packages via Steve Vogel's International Tennis Tours for 2024 in Indian Wells are on sale now. If you'd like to go in style, it's really the only way to go and experience one of the most spectacular settings to watch professional tennis, staying in four or five star accommodation, great tickets to watch the tennis and access to a hospitality suite to relax in. In between matches, just go to toursfortennis.com forward slash podcast, tours, the number four tennis.com forward slash podcast and go to the welcome to paradise section. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. There's not a golf package you, you guys have cooked up yet for Indian Wells? We've got for it. Why haven't we? <laughs> Look, putting well, it out there into the universe, left and right we're, we're up for it. All right. The new, the new whatever the tour is going to be called, will... <laughs> oh, no. No, no. We draw no. the line at that. <laughs> no, okay. Who knows? We have standards. <laughs> They're low, but we have them. <laughs> Correct. Uh, shall some three special people are going to get Mary Carillo shout-outs tonight? Shall oh. we march? Mm. Shall we march inexorably towards that destination? Do that. Before we get there, I'm going to tell you that Phoebe is our lovely mascot. Oh, I've seen photos. Phoebe's she's, she's, she's a joy. She's most outstanding. Excellent. She is outstanding. Uh, as is Billie Jean. Hum- uh, K9. Oh god, I'm getting my Billy Jeans mixed up. <laughs> Human's quite good too. Don't worry. Human sponsors K9. Billy Jean King the Human <laughs> and Alana Gloss. Also sponsor human. Uh, Billy Jean K9, who is currently with her grandparents, mm. having been deposited there uh, by by my brother and Millie. Um, yeah, hello Billy Jean. We have uh, our executive producers. 
uh, Jamie, Hannah and Drew. Correct. They are top folks. Thank you very much to all of them. We have our mascots. <sighs> yeah, I know. Maisie, Xenia... We all went. We all went. Sabalenka in three, didn't we? She was like one point. Wait, where did Reggie? Where did, Sorry, where did Reggie go? Reggie. Reggie said, "I'm going with my head." Oh no! Hadad Meyer in three. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs> we are. I love is, the Mary is he knows made, about Reggie. Oh, has he kids? made an Alcaraz Djokovic prediction yet? Yes. Whatever it is, I'm going the other way. Oh, that's bad news for you, man. We're, we're not it? telling you. We're not telling you. It's in the newsletter. That is true. Oh, well, <laughs> I can tell you he's gone for the same person that Mary's gone for, uh-huh. but you'll have to sign up to the newsletter to find out how many sets. You are a genius, Matt Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing genius. See, you should do this stuff. You're better at this than I'm bad at the promos, man. Uh, we have shout outs, Matt. Yes, the special Mary Quillo edition of shout-outs. First up is Guillermo del Angel. And we know Guillermo. He was a a predictions participant a couple of years ago. Lovely Guillermo. Yes, um, Probably. Almost certainly. He says, I've been a tennis fan since the age of six. I watched the 1980 Borg-McEnroe Wimbledon final and was hooked ever since. Mm. Wow. I can almost imagine him being named after Guillermo Vivas. Mm. He could have been. That's his style. Wow. I hope that Guillermo's in, what would it be, 30, 40 years' time will be saying, I watched the Djokovic Alcaraz there we go. French Open semi final and I've been hooked ever since. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice thought. Mm. I like or it. the Mook of a Sabalenka semi final. Mm. Or the Rude's Vero. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Maybe. Who could say? <laughs> who knows? We've also got Thomas Woody, who is in Chicago. Like the Woodies. Like the Woodies. Or like Thomas Enquist. There we go. <laughs> Very good. Chicago's where Taylor Swift is performing at the moment. Is it? Mm. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Thomas. Look, if you've got an alternative Chicago fact, David, I, I'm I all ears. I don't have any Taylor Thomas Swift is all <laughs> facts at all. No, Chicago facts. Right, okay, Chicago Bulls that I used to support in the early 90s when Michael Jordan played for them with Scottie Pippen and various others. Uh, how many times have you confused Taylor Fritz with Taylor Swift? Oh, well. I haven't done What's it recently, but there was, oh, a peri- there was a period there <laughs> where it was interchangeable. <laughs> totally interchangeable. <laughs> It was very much a. I loved, um, it. I loved it. Oh God, what's his name? The um, the, the uh, your country music guy, Blake. Blake Shelton. It was very much a, a Blake Ben Shelton <laughs> ben, situa- I, situation. I heard that one too. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've listened to too many of your podcasts. Clearly. All right. What's the other one? Finally, we've got Kristen Webb, who is from Arkansas. Oh, there we go. All right, Kristen. Kristen Kemmer Shaw played in my t- in my day do you remember that name oh we Kristen chose the Kem- right date wow. mary on didn't we because oh, yeah. i have zero christians in my head Kristen kemmershaw she was good wow was good. A good friend of chrissy's fantastic there we go i know i know a arkansas Kristen. home of the clintons correct and correct. i'm sure some tennis players <laughs> at some point but none that i'm aware of right Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen, for being a friend of the Tennis Podcast, you legend. Thank you to all our friends of the Tennis Podcast. If you'd like to become a friend, the link to do that, as always, is in our show notes. You can still grab yourself a shout-out or an intro. The link to subscribe to the newsletter 
where you can get the full pre-teased Reggie prediction <laughs> is also in our show uh, can notes. Can I back off of my prediction? <laughs> <that joke? laughs> oh, man, I'm really feeling a little queasy about my pick now. He got one right if, this week. I know, that was tragic. Actually, it was, I, wasn't it? Oh, it was very much accidentally. He was... He, there was a story. Anyway, right, Mary... Thank you ever so much for being here. I, I love your company. I really do. I love your pod. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Well, the feeling is very much mutual. Here. We'll Thank be back you, tomorrow Mary. without Mary. Please listen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm no good at the hard sell. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Come on, Reggie. <laughs>